When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Celeray Herself podcast. Hope everyone is doing well. Don't forget to share this on your IG story, tag me, tweet it to me, tweet me a screenshot, all of that, because I love seeing who's listening, and I love when y'all, you know, give me feedback or let me know your thoughts on anything that we discuss. As always, I am just a random bitch, and I like to use this space to share things that maybe we have been talking about on social media things that I've been thinking about, books I've been reading, etc. I feel like there's a lot to discuss. First of all, bitch, it is February 1st, the day that I'm recording this. So therefore, it is the first podcast of February 2021. Shout out to everyone. This is just a great time, not only because it's the beginning of a new month, but Mercury retrograde, great time to check in. How did January go? Shit went down in January, low-key. It seemed very long, but also, like, I can't believe it's already February, which I feel like is classic. I probably say that about every month. But anyway, great time to check in. If you have any goals for February or you have any yearly goals, great time to check in with that. How's it going? How's progress? And also with that, I do want to say, and I said this on Instagram as well, if you don't have any goals, if you're like, I don't even know how to begin to make a goal that is completely fine because it's a fucking pandemic and I just know for myself I feel like I have more control over my life if I'm setting goals making lists writing in my planner stuff like that but not everybody's like that and that's okay don't feel bad about like oh I don't really feel that motivated or I don't feel that productive or oh I don't feel like my life is going anywhere because honestly bitch same sometimes like it just it makes sense so if you have any goals Good time to check in. Um, Also a good time to check in in general. Um, How are you feeling? What do you want to do differently this month? Let's just start out with some tea. Because I've been wanting to share this story. And I was like, let me just save it for a podcast. And then there's also a a couple questions or topics that you guys asked me to talk about on Instagram. A few people DM'd me. So we're going to do that after. Um... And then we're also going to talk about the book. But I want to start out with this story time because let's just get the tea out of the way. So you guys know, maybe you don't know, but my thoughts on dating apps, I never really use them seriously. I never use them with the intention of like, I am going to go on a date with someone or I'm going to meet my partner on here. I just kind of like, I'm sure a lot of you can relate. You know, you download them, you swipe, there's some cute people you... They say hi, either you don't message at all or you talk for like a day and it's just like so boring. It's like, I'm over it. And then I delete them and then I repeat the cycle. Also, side note, so I'm trying to use these claw clips. My hair is too thick. Like, I don't know if I need a bigger one, but it does not stay. (laughs) And I've tried so many different techniques. So if you see it falling back there, that's what. Anyway, I had to get that out of the way. Um, So, and especially during the pandemic, I've definitely... 
I don't want to say bet on them more, but maybe, maybe just more swiping because I'm fucking bored and I don't have a bay and what else am I going to do? Like, I can't go out and meet people. So yeah, that's kind of my stance on it. Like some people are really into it and actually meet people on there. Like I know a girl who met her boyfriend on there. I know some people like to use it for hookups. That's not really my vibe. I just, I need to know your vibe. I can't just like base it off a photo or like, I don't know. I don't know. That's just me. Nothing wrong with it, but like personally, I just can't. I don't know. So anyway, the other day, and I tweeted this screenshot on Hinge. I like Hinge because it gives you a little more information about the person, just the layout. That's kind of it. I don't really think the guys on there are any different or anything, but I just like the layout of it more than like Tinder. Um, so one of the features of Hinge is some people put their height. Like there's a designated spot where people put their height. I put mine as 5'10". I think I'm closer to like 5'8 and a half. I like to say 5'9 because bros are lying. So I literally put 5'10 because these bros will be 5'9 and say that they're six foot i'm taller than you without heels buddy (laughs) so anyway this guy was cute so i scrolled down to go to the little information bar he said he was six eight i was like wow and also on hinge if you don't know people put like photos but then there's also prompts so like i don't know this is not this sounds sponsored But all his answers to all his prompts were not annoying. They were just very, like, wholesome. Because, you know, it'll be like, oh, what's a fact about you? And every bro's like, I'm competitive. Or no, it's like, what are you competitive about? And every bro will be like, everything. But this bro did not have any annoying answers like that. And he was cute in his pics, and it said he was 6'8". So, bitch, like. And he liked me back. So then we were talking, just, you know, general, how are you? Hi. He was like, you're cute. I was like, thanks. Dry, just boring messages. But we talked for like a full day. And I feel like that in itself, at least for me, is rare. Because usually the guy will just give such a dry answer that I don't even want to respond at that point. Or it's just like they're weird. I can just tell by the tone. They're like corny. They're annoying. Like, I just don't want to deal. But this guy was just being like pretty normal. (laughs) It's like... The fact that the bar is just be normal, like not even extraordinary, just don't be weird or like obnoxious or creepy. So then we ended up talking for like, yeah, like a full day. And then I think we talked on Hinge for like two days or one full day and then like half a day or something. But that's like a long time to have a consistent conversation that I'm not like annoyed by. Like I wasn't shook, but you know, it was just whatever. So then he gave me his number and then I texted him and we were texting for, I think, then another day. Again, very normal. One thing is like his tone was a little like he would use the heart eye emoji a lot. And I don't know. It's like hard to describe the vibe, but I could just tell. I'm like, this is low key reminding me of like a guy that would be like a fan of me like not like a bae but like a random (laughs) just like very low-key just so you get the vibe not that 
Like, whatever, we were having a normal conversation, but just, like, his emojis, like, he did not use the monkey closing its eyes, but it was, like, kind of leaning towards that, you know what I mean? So then, it's the second day of us texting, it's, like, the morning, so we've texted all day yesterday, then he says something like, and I was like, oh, we should, like, FaceTime later, whatever. Just because I'm like, I want to know his actual vibe before I, like, keep texting you because I don't want to text him for him. So then the next morning, whatever, he says, we're texting. He's like, wow, like, I just want to say, like, I think you're really cool and I could see myself being interested in you. And I was like, okay, at least he does not have an avoidant attachment style. And I was like, yeah, like, it's been nice to talk to you, too. And I said, it's like, relax, like, we haven't even FaceTimed. I don't even know you. So I was like... I look forward to getting to know you better as well. And then he said something like, yeah, it's just like hard for me to find um, a woman. He didn't say female, but he said, it's hard for me to find a woman who is smart and down to earth. And just like the tiniest little red flag went off. I was like, okay, he didn't say female, but he's kind of giving the vibe of like, you're not like other girls, which is a red flag shining bright in the sky. So I was kind of like, fuck. I was like, we all saw it coming. Come on. <laughs> you can't be 6'8 and be smart. Like, you <laughs> So then I was like, really? Like, I feel like all the women I know are that, are smart and down to earth. <laughs> and I was like, this kind of gives him an opportunity to be like, oh, no, yeah, I didn't mean it like that. Or like, it gives him an opportunity to backtrack or to like, not apologize but like say oh i didn't mean it like that but no he keeps going and he said yeah i just find that a lot of women are not intelligent but you're so like you just seem so different and i was like no (laughs) and it was at this moment i just felt this immense gratitude for my i guess like my own knowledge, but then also all the women that I follow on social media, especially, but then also women in my life. But I feel like it's especially been on social media. I just follow a lot of like sex workers and just feminists and, you know, women who talk about the bullshit that guys do and things that they say like this that are just... Like, probably me in high school would not have even thought about that and just been like, oh, like, I don't know. I wouldn't have been like, yeah, I'm just not like other girls. Like, I've never really had that vibe, but I probably would have brushed it off. But I saw the red flag immediately. (laughs) I saw it before it even happened. And all I said was, I don't like that take. No, LOL. (laughs) No, nothing. And I was like, again, this gives him an opportunity. At this point, I was already like, it's over. But I was like, this gives him an opportunity to apologize or to, like, again, backtrack. But no, he just sends the little, like, you know, the smirk face, but it's, like, it's, like, mad. But they're right next to each other. It's, like, the opposite of the smirk face. He sends two of those. So I was like, whatever. I'm going to block him. So I put my phone down, and I went to go take a shower. And as I'm in the shower, I'm like, should I just block him? Because we haven't FaceTimed. I don't really know him, like. I shouldn't have to really say anything. And then I was like, you know, it might be a good practice for me just to say something like, you know, I don't like when men say things like that about women. So 
I'm not interested. Like, hope you find what you're looking for. Like, it might just be a good exercise for me to, like, practice saying that. So I was kind of thinking about it, and I was like, okay, like, I could say something like that and then just block him after I say that. Because I'm, like, literally not interested at all at this point. Like, I'm actually glad that you said that because I was kind of already annoyed. (laughs) So then I go back to my phone, and he has texted me again. And I was like, oh, like, maybe he has something to say. And all it is is him holding a Bible. And I don't, I've never read the Bible. I don't know any vibe about it. And this is not like a drag towards the Bible. But it was this page about like letting go of beliefs or something like, I don't even know. But I was like, is he trying to say that I should let go of, like it was something, I wish I could remember. But the vibe was just like, let go of beliefs that do not serve you. But like in Bible terms and like, oh, like, like open yourself to God. So I was like, is he trying to say that like by me saying that I don't like that he said, I don't like him saying that women aren't intelligent, that I should let go of that belief because it's harmful. (laughs) Like it's harmful to think that that's harmful. (laughs) So I was like, I'm just going to block him. Like I really can't. Um, so I blocked him on my phone and sometimes when I block someone on my phone, it blocks them on my iMessage on my computer as well. But this time it didn't. So I, like the whole day went by and then it was probably 6 or 7 PM. Again, this was all happened probably before 9 AM. <laughs> Just trying to do my morning routine. And he's, I noticed like a message on my computer. So I go to open it and it's him. And he just said, how are you doing? Like, as if. So then I had to block him on my computer. But it just really, like, what we can take away from this is, first of all, recognize these red flags because ultimately, especially in this situation, if a guy, like, a guy can be nice to you and still not respect women as an entirety. If a guy's just being nice to you, like, yeah, if a guy is just being nice to you because he's attracted to you, bitch, that's not respect. That's wanting to fuck. So then it's like, okay, if I just ignored that red flag, it's like, okay, if we were to get into a relationship or something and we had a fight, like, he's going to be mad at me. So then ultimately his true beliefs about women and how women are and how women are not intelligent are going to come out and he's still going to think that way about me. Even though he said, oh, you're so different at the beginning. (laughs) So it's just classic. So it's just a good thing to get into. A good practice to get into to leave it the first bullshit. And I do think, you know, if this was someone I was more invested in, if I knew them a little better, hopefully I would have caught a red flag like this before I got that close with them. But... You know, I do think there is something to be said about kind of explaining yourself. Not explaining yourself, but saying, like, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm no longer interested. Instead of just blocking right away. Because then, I don't know, it just, like, lets them know. It's just, like, communication. I got to practice what I preach. But in this instance, let me know what you would have done. But I kind of felt like, okay, we've been talking for a couple days. We haven't FaceTimed. I don't really know you, know anything about you. I think it's okay to just block in this instance. And it's not like I was mad. 
I mean, I was kind of like disgusted and horrified, but I wasn't like angry. I was just like, I don't want to deal with this. It's a no for me, dog. Like we just simply can't proceed. You know how embarrassing it would be for me to have a man that spoke like that? Very off-brand for me, to say the least. And it's just crazy that like this was a guy, not that I thought he was like spectacular, but it's like of the guys on this dating app. He kind of stood out in the sense that we were having like a, not necessarily even a good conversation, but just a normal conversation. And it's like, you're still gonna act like this. So I'm really over it. Like I'm gonna use those apps, you know, to get some IG followers. Um, but that's it. Like I'm just, I seriously can't. So let me know what you would have done. Um, but yeah, I also was thinking of in the attached book, in the book attached, I should say, um, for anxious people, I really, particularly really emphasized, um, dating a lot of people at once and therefore leaving at the first bullshit. Like it gave the example of, you know, the one girl that as soon as, if a guy didn't, um, reach out to her, like the next day after their date, she just would stop talking to them because she was like, I don't want someone like I don't want someone like that. Like, if you're going to do that. It may seem extreme, but she knew what she wanted. And I was like, low-key, period. Anyway, let me know what you would have done in that situation. It's just like, I this isn't worth... I don't want to argue with you. I don't want to explain to you why that is wrong to say or believe. Like, that's not my job. I don't have the energy for that. I don't want to do that. Also, you're a grown-ass man. You should know. You should know better. Bye not gonna talk to me we're not gonna facetime anymore sweetie um i wanted to talk about my book back to something that really matters you know since i'm intelligent and not like other females that's just horrifying it's like no i'm actually exactly like every other girl like also have you even met other girls like dude my thing is like if it's hard for you to find a smart woman, it's probably because smart women are avoiding you because you're an idiot. So anyway, I read chapter two of The Way of Zen, our book for Febu February, and this chapter is called The Origins of Buddhism. Also, I did start a book group on Goodreads. I don't, I'm not really sure how it all works or how I want to do it, but I am posting the books that I'm reading, and if you decide to read them, you know, we can have a discussion and it's cute. And I just feel like it's a little more of like a safe space than Twitter or something. It's like only for the the people who really want to talk about the books. I really liked this chapter. Maybe because I already, maybe because I knew a little bit more about Buddhism to begin with. More so than Taoism. This chapter talked about how Buddhism is basically, you know, seeking liberation kind of similar to Taoism, you know, seeking liberation from just suffering. So there's the word moksha, I believe that's how you pronounce it, but it is basically liberation from maya, which is the world that we know it of like facts and events and classification. And the idea of Buddhism is basically that it's impossible to isolate a single fact or event um, because it sets boundaries or like lines or a duality whereas life and experiences and like things 
are all one. The basic reality of my life is not any conceivable object. Ultimately, it is to not even be identified with any idea. In the moment when every last identification of the self with some object or concept has ceased, there flashes forward from its unknown depths the state of consciousness which is divine, the knowledge of Brahman. But then they go to say you can't even really think of things as all one because that's still puts at, puts everything as like things like individual so you have to speak of reality as like non-dual it is saying that things facts and events are de- delineated not by nature but by human description and that the ways in which we describe or divide them is relative to our varying points of view form is maya when the mind attempts to comprehend and control it in the fixed categories of thought That is, by means of names and words. Man is always in danger of confusing his measures with the world, so measured, of identifying money with wealth, fixed convention with fluid reality. But to the degree that he identifies himself and his life with these rigid and hollow frames of definition, he condemns himself to the perpetual frustration of one trying to catch water in a sieve. Thus, Indian philosophy speaks constantly of the unwisdom of pursuing things, of striving for the permanence of particular entities and events, because it sees in all this nothing more than an infatuation with ghosts, with the abstract measures of the mind. It is precisely this realization of total elusiveness of the world which lies at the root of Buddhism. So then it gives the story of Buddha, and I'm sure you might have kind of heard something about it before, but you know, Buddha goes to sit under the tree after seven years of meditation in the forest, and he's basically trying to find nirvana right he's basically trying to have an awakening but that's the thing he's trying to have it so he's just like getting annoyed but he only found his own effort to concentrate the evening before his awakening he simply gave up relaxed ate some food and thereupon he felt at once that a profound change was coming over him he sat beneath the tree vowing never to rise until he had had attained the supreme awakening And according to a tradition, sat all through the night until the first glimpse of the morning star suddenly provided a state of perfect clarity and understanding. This was unexcelled, complete awakening, liberation from Maya and from the everlasting round of birth and death, which goes on and on for as long as a man tries in any way whatsoever to grasp at his own life. Yet the actual content of this experience was never and could never be put into words. For words are the frames of Maya, the meshes of its net, and the experience is of the water which slips through. Thus, from the standpoint of Zen, the Buddha never said a word, despite the volumes of scriptures attributed to him, for his real message always remained unspoken, and was such that when words attempted to express it, they made it seem as if it were nothing at all. Yet it is the essential tradition of Zen that what cannot be conveyed by speech can nevertheless be passed on by direct pointing, by some non-verbal means of communication, without which the Buddhist experience could have never been handed down to future generations. So it's basically, you know, kind of what we were talking about last time with Taoism. As soon as you try, I think it used the example of like your peripheral vision. And it's like, as soon as you try to use your direct vision on it and like focus in on it, you're forcing it. And therefore it's not like real. But in the peripheral, it's like you just kind of know it's there and you don't have to try. And it's not like this forcing thing. It's like as soon as you try to define it or you try to categorize it or make it something, it's not. 
and then I think last time also we were kind of talking, or I was, we, was kind of talking about like times that I have felt that or experienced that, or like maybe that was that, you know, things like when you're just in the shower doing your shower routine, you're just relaxed, you're not really thinking or trying to think about anything in particular. You can remember something, you can have a great idea, you can remember a word you were trying to think of because you're not forcing it. But then as soon as you try to force it, bitch. So then it went through the four truths of Buddhism. Do I, bitch, I'm gonna pronounce these wrong. Dukkha, which is suffering. Trishna, which is clinging or grasping. Karma, which generates the round, you know, the experience of life, the circle of life. Um, and Nirvana is the end of the round. Dharma, which describes the Eightfold Path and self-frustration brought to an end. Bitch, let me find out. Complete recollectedness is a constant awareness or watching of one's sensations, feelings, and thoughts without purpose or comment. It is a total clarity and presence of mind, actively passive, wherein events come and go like reflections in a mirror. Nothing is reflected except what is. From the earliest times, Buddhism has especially emphasized the practice of recollectedness and contemplation while sitting. Bitch, we know a meditation. Sitting meditation is not, as, as often supposed, a spiritual experience, a practice for some ulterior object. From a Buddhist standpoint, it is simply the proper way to sit, and it seems perfectly natural to remain sitting so long as there is nothing else to be done, and so long as one is not consumed with nervous agitation. To the restless temperament of the West, sitting meditation may seem to be an unpleasant discipline, because we do not feel, we do not seem to be able to just, to sit just to sit without qualms of conscience, without feeling that we ought to be doing something more important to justify our existence. Sitting me meditation must therefore be regarded as an exercise, a discipline with an ulterior, ulterior motive. Yet at that very point, it ceases to be meditation in the Buddhist sense. For where there is purpose, where there is seeking and grasping for results, there is no... Di I don't know how to say this word. Meditation in the common sense of thinking things over or musing is a most misleading translation, but such alternatives as trance or absorption are even worse because they suggest states of hypnotic fascination. So basically you just like need to chill the fuck out, okay? Our intellectual discomfort in trying to conceive knowing without a distinct someone who knows and a distinct something which is known is like the discomfort of arriving at a formal dinner in pajamas. The error is conventional, not existential. So basically I'd have to say, yeah. I really liked that chapter because I feel like it definitely resonated. Cause you know, I try to meditate bitch and just, Again, that same idea of like forcing constant need to feel productive or the constant need to be like doing something. And if we don't feel productive or like what we're doing has a purpose in some way or there's a reason for doing it, it's like, huh. and I feel like this is especially important to practice these days. You know, if you are social distancing, if you're spending a lot more time without plans, without activity, without external distractions, it's like, why do we feel this? What do they say? Like agitation. <laughs> It's like so true. It's also kind of cool, I guess, <laughs> depressing, cool, I don't know, um, that these things have existed for as long as humans have existed. 
Like, there's always, there's always been suffering, okay? It's never going to stop, so you might as well deal. <laughs> no, but, yeah, I don't know. I've kind of found that with old books, old movies, just the things that we go through as people, the things that humanity goes to, universal truths. At the end of the day, the Celery Podcast is just English class. Just that feeling of almost connectedness, like... Okay, I'm not alone in feeling this way. People have felt this way forever. <laughs> um, and practicing. But then it's like if you are practicing, is there a point? But bitch, we need to start somewhere. Practicing just sitting and just being and observing and just, yeah. I like that. I like this book. I love a book like this where, I think I said this last time, but again, this is kind of an older-ish book it was written in like the 50s so it's not like it's hard to read but it's not like a 2016 self-help book just the tone is a little different so I feel like when I recognize these truths or just these relatable moments (laughs) it means that much more because it's like I relate to this or I have experienced this or I've heard about this or I practice this or whatever and I'm still able to put it together does that make sense it's not just like spelled out I don't know let me know if you read it though I've really been enjoying it and I'm excited to continue reading I think the next chapter is about Buddhism as well the rise and development of Zen so true yeah So let me know if you start it. I'm going to be updating my Goodreads, y'all. So someone commented or tweeted me or DM'd me. I don't remember. Sorry, sis. But someone basically wanted me to talk about the fear of getting older. Was it this? No. Um, I didn't screenshot it. I screenshotted a couple of them, but I did not screenshot this one. I was just like, I will remember that. Um, But she was talking about, you know, these little TikTok baddies that are 17, 18, 19, And just that feeling of like getting old and wow, I'm not like a trendy teen anymore. (laughs) I just want to say I'm okay. Well, first of all, I'm so young. So it's not like, and I'm sure this girl was too. Like she was probably my age. Um, I'm still young. So it's not like I'm 40 years old saying this, but I will say I would not go back to being 17 or 18 or 19 like I just feel like I am so much smarter now (laughs) in my decision making and I have more experience now I'm making more money now and I've seen a lot of people who are in their 30s say the same about being in their 20s like Damn, everyone really acts like that is the highlight of your life. And I feel like it can be in a lot of ways, but that's not to say it's the best or it's above any other stage of life. Like, it's just different. Every stage is different. Um, so that's not to devalidate any feelings of, like, you know, that fear of using losing your youth. Because we do live in a society that is very youth-obsessed. And, you know, I'm sure y'all have seen that chart of, like, the age of women and then the age that they like to date at that age and it goes the age goes up as the women's age goes up and then for men it's like their age goes up but the age they prefer to date stays at like 22 
It's like, first of all, you guys are disgusting. <laughs> um, so it's perfectly normal to feel that crippling anxiety. Um, but as far as like vibes, like I wouldn't want to go back. And I feel excited. Most of the time, I feel very excited about getting older and not so much getting older, but just gaining experience and what new realizations am I going to have each year and what experiences will I go through? That's kind of scary to think about also, but what experiences will I go through and what will I learn? If I have to be on earth, I might as well have a good time or try to most of the time. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I just feel like also with the things that are, you know, with these TikTok baddies, the things you may be looking at, oh, the way that they dress, the way that they do their makeup, their hair, oh, they're so pretty. You could do that. You know? Like, you can do that at any age. You can be a baddie. You can wear a certain outfit, do your makeup a certain way. Like, there's nothing stopping you. I mean, like, some people might judge you, but why do you want their opinion anyway? And again, easier said than done. But that's just kind of how I feel about it. Okay, so that's kind of my thoughts on that. Let me know if you are stressed about getting older and what you do to cope. Someone else asked, let me find the screenshot. Um, I was wondering if you could talk about what being content with yourself means to you. And I said, "Love love the podcast. So thank you so much. But being content with yourself, I feel like for me, why does my camera just shut off? well sorry guys you won't get to see my face anymore kind of need a new camera very bad but being content with myself to me i feel like okay like i know we're not supposed to compare ourselves to people but i feel like if i ever catch myself comparing myself to someone in any way it could be like where we are in life what we're doing or like how we look or whatever i remind myself you know everyone goes through shit and has their own their own demons and their own battles that they have to fight you know like everyone does and I may excel somewhere where someone else doesn't like we all have our own strengths and weaknesses and whatnot so it's kind of like pick your poison um and I guess it's just like accepting that I guess like for me I just try to Except, like, okay, these are the areas I can work on. Someone else may be really good at those things, but not good at these things that I'm good at. And, yeah, I feel like I... I think it also can turn into, like, having self-respect in the sense of setting boundaries, being able to say no, standing up for yourself. And I feel like all of these things are things that I've thought about over this past year of lockdown and, you know, just reduced distractions in the external world um and practicing it and you know even i think i talked about this before but even just the example of like um if i want to quarantine and someone asks me to hang out just saying no and not feeling bad for saying no and being confident in my own decision and therefore sticking up for me and my values and what i believe in so just things like that being content with yourself I'm working on me. Does that make sense? <laughs> I think I 
think that's all I have to say about that. So I would love to hear what you guys, what your guys' thoughts on that are. But yeah, like self-love. No one's gonna do it except me, bitch. More time alone. I think spending more time alone without distractions. So like no TV on, not, not even music on, just being. And here we go back to, circling back around to our book. <laughs> You don't need to practice being content with yourself. You just need to be. <laughs> as soon as you try, it's over. <laughs> oh my god. Um, no, but I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on anything discussed today. From our tea story time, to our Buddhism, to our TikTok baddies taking over the world. Thank you guys so much for listening. And let me know what you want me to talk about next week. Can't wait to see. Can't wait to read your comments as well as see any screenshots and tags. And I love you guys. Bye, everyone.